0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Looking to get close side of thought. LaFondra away from David. 3-1 running.
2: Three points running.
1: Hello and welcome to the On Park Royals podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. where we have a positive start to 2024 to talk about today and a happy new year to all our listeners. We had a 3-2 win over Exeter City at the SCL. It's lovely. It's lovely. Really nice start to the season and a help season. Mm, yeah. And to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Matt Lansley. How are you doing, Matt?
2: Always so much better after a win, especially to kick the year off. Yeah, definitely not season. And uh, I've
1: also been joined by Alex Everson. How you doing?
0: Yeah, pretty good, Paul. Good start to the year. Nice to see Reading win again. So, all good. Good festive period? Yes, very good. Relaxing. Didn't see Reading lose. So, feels like it was we'll a good one. It, won't won't we? We. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take that,
1: won't we? So, We're coming into this game. We saw some changes. Uh, Vickers coming in. We saw Mola coming in. Was there another one? I'll be quite frank. I can't be able to talk through all of them yet again. So, let's get on to the game. It was a bit of a slack start, wasn't it? From both teams, it wasn't fantastic. But, you know, going into this game, it was a must-win game. And if we'd have lost yesterday, we'd have been six points away from safety. So... You know, I think we should kind of bear that in mind when we're talking about performance levels. Yesterday was all about winning, but thankfully, I think it was quite a nice goal here from Harvey Nibs and set up. Matt, uh, what's your thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, we we, we kind of needed something kind of at the start of the game, right? You know, you wanted you wanted to start quick. Knowing Exeter as well, not being prolific in front of goal. You know, what was it, four goals, I think it was, in the last 15 um, also you always kind of thought if you've got one goal, you know, hopefully, you know, the Reading defence can, can, can do its job and kind of hold, hold out. Um, I mean, but it, it, it was, it was a great start to the game, you know, and, and it's a really nice little finish. You've got some nice, nice link up play between Smith and Smith and Nibs as well. Um, and he just pokes it past, past the goalkeeper. Um, it was nice to see as well, wing, wing kind of feeding that ball in as well. Cause that's something that obviously didn't happen too much, um, at the start against Cheltenham um, wing kind of taking control and playing those balls balls into the middle and kind of connecting up defense to defense to attack. Um, But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was the perfect way to start Alex. Right.
0: Sorry, I was on mute. Um, Yeah, it was the perfect start to be honest. And it was interesting because Mola was the one who was kind of high up the pitch as well to play the ball into nibs. um, And he kind of drifted into the, more, well, he didn't ever really stay wide. Miller, really. he kind of ended up drifting in centrally, and um, it was interesting to see how high he was playing up kind of as that inside inside man almost for the goal. Um, it was a decent finish as well by Nibs, to be honest. I, you know, he just got there ahead of the keeper and uh managed to poke the ball home. So, yeah, I think it was a good start, all things told, because it was you know, I don't want to say it was uncreated necessarily for that first kind of 10 minutes, but or, or slow. Um, but it didn't really, there wasn't much going on at that point. So to get that kind of early goal was definitely a, a decent start. I think
2: it was lacking a bit of quality, I think, wasn't
0: it really? Um, but that, 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 that molar position was actually the really... were their part because the rain was really bad. I, like yeah. it was, it was a horrible, horrible weather as well. So I can't, I can't imagine it was really that nice to play in particularly. So I don't know if that was making any difference.
2: Hmm. The one, the one interesting thing I thought as well, you mentioned it was Mola's positioning because you saw it really early on in the half there, and we've seen the fullbacks pushing up, really quite high, like out wide, playing the overlaps with you know Aziz and uh, Makaru or Vickers or whoever's playing on the other side, um, but n- not really seen them coming in the field. Well,
0: inter- interestingly, the the goal that um, Aziz scores later on actually is a very similar kind of. Um... very similar kind of positioning but on the opposite side for Dorset who plays the ball into Aziz so it's it's interesting that both the first and the third goal yesterday have kind of come from a an underlapping fallback as it were the Pep Guardiola
2: inverted fallback I think is the 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 style you'd use on a football manager for this wouldn't it
1: (laughs) very much the uh, textbook of uh, football isn't it in 2023-24 ongoing probably for the next 10 years Pep is the leader of everything in football. Uh, yeah, he's done okay, that man, hasn't he? So let's move back to uh, the Reading game here. We had another good opportunity here from Femi Aziz. He's on the right-hand side. He has a shot. I mean, anyone who's going to criticise him for shooting at the moment, Femi Aziz, would be slightly crazy because, as we see later, as Alex mentioned, he, he is scoring goals for fun at the moment relative to where he was. Um. I thought that for a split second, I thought this one was going in Matt from the angle that we're at, but just goes past the post, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, he absolutely whipped it as well. Didn't he He really got hold of it? Um, yeah. You know, I, we all said it earlier in the season, you know, um, and kind of, I guess uh, earlier in this kind of good run that he's had, we really wanted him to add end product and kind of, um, you know, goals for his game. He's adding that now. So, you know, the fact he's, he, he's having shots there is good. And also on his right foot, you know, which we know is his weaker his weaker foot. He had a few instances earlier in the season um where I mean he seemed to do or he seemed to want to do everything but shoot on his right foot. Um you know the fact he's got a bit bit of confidence to to do that now I think is 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 good. I think it came from his right foot um anyway, but but um but but yeah, you know the more the more he shoots, um, you know, especially in those positions. Ho- hopefully, he can can chip in with a few goals. He's he's putting in cutbacks as well. He seems to be making good decisions in those areas, so no no qualms with him him shooting and kind of missing by a fraction.
1: Yeah, he had two shots, one with his right and one with his left. So uh, we can talk about whichever one. I didn't mind. He had two shots anyway, but being classic Reading FC, we managed to concede an absolute. And we put this one in the Thunder bastard equaliser. Would you say that, Alex? I mean, he struck this sweetly, Zach Jules. Looked like
0: a traction engine or something like that, I'm sure. Yeah, it, it's a great finish, isn't it, from Zach Jules. Um, typical, really, that it's a, an ex Reading Academy player who's scored that kind of goal against us, uh, especially when he's only scored five goals in his career up to date before yesterday. And, yeah we've defended the corner fine I think Nibs has headed the ball away maybe the wrong kind of angle headed out straight obviously straight out to the player but I don't really think there's much you can do about someone something when someone finishes like that you just kind of have to suck it up and accept it for what it is and uh yeah Uh, although I said it's typical that a Reading academy player you know Scored a goal like that against us. We do seem to come up against Academy players every single week at the minute. So it's probably inevitable that um, you know, some of them are going to score against us. But for for them to, you know, for St. to be able to score like that as a defender, having only ever scored five goals in his career, it did feel a bit kind of you know, typical, typical readiness to concede a goal like that against someone who just shouldn't be able to score a goal like that, really. And it wasn't his only moment in the match, was it? But
1: what I want to know is, as someone who was at Reading for many years, why was he giving it large to the West Stand? That is not the stand that is noisy. (laughs) He really shouldn't understand, like, the dynamics of the stadium. He should have ran right up to Club 1871. That's what he should have done, shouldn't he? I mean, that, that would have lightened things up immensely
2: i mean he's he's clearly or he, he clearly learned off the 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 Sam Smith school of celebrations in either way he was shushing um uh, you know the west lower um but but yeah you know i mean kind kind of i was watching it and you're just thinking it's a center back or center back slash left back like alex said that scored very few goals in their career exeter scored very few goals of recently and they just come up with a goal like that. And you just think, like, seriously, is this going to be the day where goals like that go in? Um, but, yeah, you know, I, that, a number of people around me were frustrated with the with the time taken players took to get out and no one pressed pressed him. Aziz, to be fair, tries to come across quite cl- quite quickly to cover him. You've also got Craig as well going in. I, I, I think it's just one of those that, you know, you, you've just got sometimes hold your hands up and say there's not much more you could have done there you know and to be honest am i happy that a center back left back's taking a shot from you know 20 22 yards probably you know i like like of all the players that are going to score from there he's probably the most unlikely he just got that one in a whatever it be 200 that you know not every
0: goal has to have blame attached to it yeah so i kind of see that one it it, you know these things happen and yeah we're going to concede goals that one, I don't really have any any qualm with any Reading player. I don't think anyone did anything wrong particularly. So just kind of accept it and, and move on and try and find another goal to, to retake the lead, right? Exactly that. Yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: Exeter have an even better chance coming up to make it 2-1. They have a free kick. It takes multiple deflections and somehow lands at the feet of Alex Hartridge and he's got 75% of the goal to aim at here. Alex, I mean, he's got a lot of gold he can hit this into and somehow he slides it past the post. I mean, can we, can we give any praise here to David Button for coming out so quickly? Cover your ears, Matt. But I just wonder whether we can slightly do that. What do you think?
0: I think maybe he gets out and closes the angle slightly. It's a pretty bad finish from him. Um, He's tried to almost toe poke it into the corner. Probably wasn't the most, you know, the most likely option in terms of scoring. That wasn't the most sensible from him. Um, you know, it having a having that fall to a, a defender again is is good for us. And it feels like maybe kind of we're getting a little bit of luck um at points in, in some of these more recent games, with you know, chances falling to players who aren't. You know, key strikers or great finishers which is kind of about time really if if you ask me it feels like we've had so much of that kind of you know if that if this was 10 games prior that would have fallen to a striker and they would have tucked it away so um it's it's good that he missed it it's you know i don't really again it's similar to the corner i don't really attribute too much blame on the fact that it's fallen to him because it's just deflected in and I don't really see. I mean, there's much more they could have done to to defend it. um It's just one of those which has fallen to the, you know, wrong player. It, it feels like a lot of the chances that Exeter created yesterday were kind of of that ilk, really, that they fell to their player rather than them really creating it as such.
2: The way I was kind of seeing it when I was watching was just you could see that this or why this team has struggled for goals again because like they seem to control the game quite nicely. Um, in that sense, but then they did very kind of little with it. It, it's, it reminded me a lot of Wigan um, a few games ago um, at the start of the game where they were really controlling. They kind of, you know, got, got a hold of the game, were able to spread the play and kind of, you know, shift the ball nicely, but they couldn't really fashion a chance really off off the end of it. You know, like like say with that one, it's pinball. You know, it, it's, it's been blasted in off I think it's Abbey or Mola, you know um and fallen right perfectly on 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 the center back um yeah you know it's just it's I'm just glad that that one went went wide because I think you know it would have it would have um really sucked a bit of energy out of the team you know coming coming to half time if that had gone in um but um but yeah
1: but that wasn't the end of the bad afternoon for Hartridge because in the 47th minute of the match, I mean, he scores an own goal, but I think Sam Smith's right behind him from the cross from Nibs and gives us a two-one lead. Fantastic going into half-time, But the most outrageous thing about that is Nibs is trying to claim the
0: goal, Alex, because I really, I really
1: don't think that. Uh, is a yeah, Nibs I'm not goal. sure Nibs.
0: I'm not sure Nibs can really get much in the way of like you know claiming this one as his because either it's going, either it's going to go wide, I think, or Smith is going to tuck it away if the defender wasn't there. So. Yeah, I'm not really sure Nibs can, can claim that one. I'll be honest, I mean, we're, we're talking about Hartridge scoring an own goal and how bad that was for him. But th- that wasn't even the worst element, really, for Exeter's defending there because the defending where Vickers wins the ball back off of the right back was atrocious. Um, it was so weak. Vickers basically just stood there and let the ball bounce off him. And Nibs kind of picks up the loose ball and puts it a rare relatively dangerous cross into the 6 yard box and i think you know hartwich basically has the choice of either put something on it and and try and um just make sure that smith doesn't touch it although i actually think smith might have been offside anyway uh when the ball goes in but he yeah Hartridge's he's about scored. a yard onside he's about yeah. a yard onside it's yeah. not it's not the player
2: next to him that's playing him on it's the um the chap by um by nibs that plays him on. Because I, I thought he was offside as well. But when looking back, he he definitely looks about when when he pulls it, he looks pretty comfortably onside. And that's probably why you know the goal stood because I thought it'd be chalked off on that side because of it. Well, I think we've decided
1: that he's maybe onside or he's offside there. So uh, somewhere in between, who knows? But
2: he's yeah, definitely onside. Definitely onside <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs>
1: Well, that's that's good to know. So we've got some uh, questions here. Now we got like a bit of a mixed opinion here already in the questions. We got one here from Kaz Barker saying inability to start any attacks from the back is a worry for me. Bypassed the midfield yesterday and thought we were quite poor. Then Claire D with an almost contrasting opinion says my everlasting frustration and not just this season is the amount of time we spend in our own half is literally me going mad at games and constantly playing the ball back to the fence or button rather than playing it out the pitch towards the goal we need to hit. I mean, it is quite amazing how you get the contrast of opinion within two within the same issue. Yeah. For me,
0: it's just people who don't, or who are criticising the fact that we play long, we play long ball football really, don't we? That's what it is. People don't enjoy it. But that is kind of, I mean, Dave Kitson aside, you know, Things thinks we play continental in inverted commas. Um, but, but that's just the style that's working. We scored three goals yesterday. I understand that people might not think it's that creative, but we scored three goals. Aziz had a great chance. Um, and then we had another really good chance in the second half, which Aziz, I think it was Aziz, either Aziz or Makara, I can't remember. Um, also put just wide in the second half. So it's not as nice if we aren't creating chances playing in this style of football. It's so it's, it's, it's you know although it's understandable that people don't necessarily like the kind of long ball aimless football as such we are actually creating chances and we kind of have been all season it's not a new thing that we're creating chances it's just that we're actually converting them at the minute i mean people don't like it when when we play continental football
2: or passing football right you know um I I think no matter what style of football you play you're gonna have people that you know would rather watch a different style of play right and that's not to say that you know one style of play is better than the other one person's you know right other people are wrong you know I think I think where a lot of the frustration might come in the current style of play I think is the linking up of the midfield because you've got you've got a really really creative midfielder probably one of the best in the league in wing and so often you know either Bindon Abbey will play you know a long ball out out into the channel and there's no movement in the midfield there's no then attempt to try and win the second ball I think that's possibly where a lot of the frustration comes from you know and at the end of the day though we're in league one it's not going to be tick attack football you know it's a bit of a kind of statement of where we're you know the division that we're at you know you i think everyone has seen the difference in quality between championship and league 1 is it a bit of a shock maybe i don't know you know maybe maybe some people still have certain expectations i don't know um but you know i think you you're not gonna see you know the most free flowing football in in league one and especially with a team that's you know put together through very young players free transfers you know in a in a place where reading f c is at the moment it's just not gonna happen um you know and i think you've got to be fair and kind of um um like observant of that fact as well you know so
1: well i've seen you know, plenty of League One now this season. And I've got to say that you keep on repeatedly, you know, people saying, oh, this was a really bad game of football. Well, you're going to keep seeing them. It's League One. So there's no shock. It's a pretty terrible league. The standard is the, really low. The quality I thought yesterday was OK. I don't think it was that bad. But, your yeah, expectations are set for championship level. You're going to be disappointed every week because we're nowhere near that.
0: I think if you've been watching championship football for 10 15 years however long we've kind of been at that you know however long you've been watching um and that's all you've really ever watched of reading games and now you're watching league one football it is a step down and as you said paul it's kind of like you you know if you've been watching only that top two tiers for however long you've been a fan and you've never seen league one football because most people reality in reality don't watch league one football on tv probably have never really watched many league one games there is a big quality gap in between the two divisions. Um, And it's going to take an adjustment period for for people. And the reality of it being a bad game is like, well, yeah, that's kind of just the, that's the quality level of the division though. So it's, it's not a case of like, that we play awfully every week or anything. It's just a case of that. This is the level of quality that the entire division or the majority, at least that the division play um, and actually, there's a big difference between even mid-table of League One and the, the bottom end of the championship. Right. I've
1: got one here from Sue here. And I think we're going to come back to this one at the end of the podcast because it is a very good question. So it is player of the season so far and who will be the most influential in the second half? Let's forget about all like transfers and all of that kind of stuff. So have a think about that and we come back because that one's not a straightforward one. But let's get back into the second half of yesterday. Well, Exeter City manager Gary Cobble said that they dominated us before their equaliser. I mean, I think the word dominated is a little bit strong there, Matt. I mean, if you have no shots, you've forced the goalie to make no saves. I think you'd be hard pushed to say dominated, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah. And I think even when you look at kind of, you know, the statistical element kind of of the, you know, where, where play was and everything, you know, in that second half, it, it, it was, it wasn't domination from Exeter City, Um, you know, um, did I think that Exeter might have got a goal? Yes, because I'm a very pessimistic Reading FC fan at the moment. Um, And I don't think that we can, you know, hold out, you know, goals at the moment. But to say they dominated, I think, is a massive, massive stretch. You know, I think it, 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 it's a manager just trying to keep spirits up. You know, after winning one in sixteen, I think it is now for them. You know, but um, you got to you got to give them props. Um, you know, I think um, the the chat from the extra city pod that I spoke to on the preview um, was saying that you know the extra have shown fight and that that you know they still they're still playing for you know the manager Coldwell they came back twice from, from, from behind yesterday. You know, you've got to give them credit for that. Even when you kind of take out how much of a hand we gave them in that second goal, um, because the defending in the box was pretty, pretty dreadful. Um, really, to be honest, um, you know, we, we said there was nothing we could do about the first one. There's I think quite a lot we could do about the second one, Alex, um, you know, starting from, you know, Zach Jules turning into, turning into messy with a little scoop turn.
0: Yeah, this turn was really good. It was an incredible turn, actually, Um, for a centre (laughs) back. Yeah, he beat him, and I was just like, "That was a really good turn at the time." And then obviously they put it in the net about five seconds later. I was like, "Oh, that's annoying." So, um, the yeah, the um, the the whole after the ball goes into the box, the whole time, um, it felt like Reading's players were basically one step behind what they actually should have been doing. Um, Basically, all of them, really. All of them have got even close to the ball. They, they all probably should have been about, you know, half a step or a step ahead of what they were actually trying to do. And it just meant that basically every time they went for the ball, it was already gone. And extra you know, the goal, I think it's, uh was it Rankin who scored? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Rankin. It's not even a good finish. Like, really. It's, it was very slow. It was, it was a very <laughs> slow finish. I think Buttons got down incredibly slowly. Um, I think it'd still be defending. bobbling now if it hadn't been a net in the way.
1: You could just be slowly gradually getting quicker and it, quicker, wouldn't
0: it? <laughs> it's not really in the corner. I mean, it's quite close-ish to the corner, maybe. But yeah, Button I think gets down very slowly. I don't think the defence really do themselves any, you know, huge huge credit to them uh, there. I just think it's just a badly defended goal, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry, Dave, that you did go down very slowly there,
2: and uh, I can't. Can't you don't like need that. to add to it. No. We've already, we've already. No, 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 I was I was I was just going to add it. I think. I think the way you described it yesterday was you um, falling like a tree. I think was what was what, what, what the way you described <laughs> it, was a bit it like that. Yeah, <laughs> it
1: was a bit one of those massive, massive trees you get in the forest. But thankfully, we have Femi Aziz in our team, and a really kind of nice controlled mover as well to actually score the winner. Savage who came on for Craig who. I wouldn't say he was really bad. I think he's just having a little bit of a dip. So uh, kind of unavoidable with the young players. He's played a lot of games as well. I think the breaks come at a really good time for him. Savage plays the ball to Dorset. Links up nicely with Paul. Dorset then could play the ball to Nibs. Probably could play him through. But then Nibs, sorry, Dorset sees that uh, Aziz is in a lot of space, and he's got a lot here to do. Alex
0: hasn't he? Twenty yards out right in the corner yeah it's a really great finish by aziz once again um and i don't quite know how he keeps doing it scoring outside the area but it's cracking finish isn't it because uh left foot puts it right in the bottom corner goalkeeper's got basically zero chance i think and um it's a lovely piece of build-up play as well from from paul and dorset to link up there and they just find themselves in a lot of space. Nibs makes a great run. It's a really good, just good piece of attacking play, I think, actually. Um, and yeah, Aziz has got to be on top of the world at the minute because he's just he's scoring every or scoring or assisting basically every game at the minute. I think um, I want to say that's maybe ten in the last ten games he's played, uh, or nine in the last nine, or something like that. It's an incredibly good record, though, in the last couple of months he's got now. So yeah, no, long may it continue because at the minute he's i was going to say by far our most important player but he's definitely one of the you know one of two or three of the most important players that's near the minute on the field every week
2: and the inverted fullback run strikes again you know it was Mola for the first goal um dorset for 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 the third um it's really it's a really nice ni- nice run like you say link up play creates the overload in midfield um, but I mean, the run from, from nibs just creates so much space. Like, like, like I say, it, it's a really nice all round goal. And like people are talking about, you know, the, the lack of quality kind of, you know, in, in, in the team, but, you know, in crucial moments, you know, it, it's, it's really coming together, I think, you know, and it, it's yes. Yes. I might say, you know, well, it's a, you know, it's a 20, 22 yard shot again from, from Aziz. He's not going to score many of them, but, you know, I think, All credit, all credit to Aziz on that. He's he's like you say on top of the world at the moment. He can't really do much wrong. It's um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him over the next six months. You know, because he's out of contract at the end of the season. What we'll be able to do about that, we don't know yet, obviously. But but you know, for for the moment, he's like you say. I think I think
0: he's up there with you know Smith and Smith and Wing as most influential players. I mean, he's got ten goal involvements, like Mm. four goals, six assists now this season in the league um and he's played what 25 games that's basically a goal or assist every other game mm-hmm. if you do that across an entire season that's going to get you twenty twenty 20 goals or assists mm-hmm. which is a you know we're talking like even in the best seasons of john swift he managed that what once maybe i think when he got 10 goals and 10 assists and we're talking that aziz is halfway there already um, and he's it, got to at least have a shot of being able to get to that point, point. Um, and that's not including the you know the cup games where he's also scoring and getting assists as well at the minute. So it, it feels like he's just having a you know really good season. I know obviously the first two three months of the season with, for him were probably a bit of a struggle, but even at that point, I feel like you could if you if you go back and actually watch the games there, I feel like you can see him getting into the right positions. He's trying to create, but didn't didn't really come off um i don't think it was a case of like that he's ever been playing awfully it's more just a case of his final ball or his final decision-making moment is what has been letting him down at the start of the season whereas now all of a sudden it's like he's flicked a switch and that decision-making element has just been found somewhere in his brain
2: how much how much credit do you give to Sellers for this? Because obviously there, there, there was actually a really nice moment between Aziz and Sellers when, when Aziz came off, really big embrace between the two of them. I think Aziz is definitely one of his favourite players. Um, you know, I think that's quite clear through the season. But, I mean, Paul, for for a player to have, you know, a manager that has that much confidence in him, you know, we've talked about him, you know, yes, he had a lot of chances early in the season. Would he have been in most Reading fans' team, you know, by October? Probably not. But you've got to give, I think, Sellers quite a bit of credit for him. And he's turned him into probably one of our most influential players now, as Alex says.
1: Well, he stuck by him, hasn't he? Completely through thick and thin. And I don't think many managers would have done that. Um, you could argue that we didn't have that many options around him to actually put in the team at that point. But credit to Femi Aziz as well, because he would have known in the first few months that his final decision pass wasn't correct at all. Most of the time, it's incredibly erratic. Now you're seeing that's improving week after week. I mean, his technique and touch yesterday was fantastic. He was taking balls out the air and just controlling it instantly, and on the run. I mean, he looked glorious at some points. He really did, and I just live for the day when somebody gets on the end of one of those Femies' cutbacks because we he does it so often in so many games. And it's in a perfect cross, but nobody is ever there to slot it in. They all go to the near post, into the six-yard area. But let's move on from that. Thankfully, we hold on. We pick up the three points that moves us out of the relegation zone. It is only on goal difference. Exeter City do have a game in hand. But blimey, considering we were 10 points behind, we have to be happy with that, Alex, don't we? I mean... It was looking absolutely dire at one point, and now there's genuine hope.
0: I feel. Yeah, I think it's the first time we've been out of the relegation zone, maybe all year, maybe all season, apart from perhaps at the end of August and September. It is yeah, September. Yeah, but Bolton. Bolton was when we oh, well between
2: Bolton the game previous we slipped in. Yeah, uh, I mean, so it's actually,
0: been months since we've been out of the relegation zone, and as you say, ten points. We were ten points adrift at one point, and now all of a sudden we're. You know, we're out of the relegation zone and we've still got just under half of the season left to, to play. So, you know, it shows that there's definitely enough talent and enough uh, quality in the squad to be able to do it and to be able to keep us up. So I don't really, um, you know, although it's it's not a guarantee that we're going to stay up on a hink and I think anybody thinking that we're going to finish in, you know, 13th, 14th at the minute maybe is getting ahead of themselves a little bit um, just on the basis of obviously form can change very quickly in this division as we've seen. And there has to be genuine hope that we're not, you know, we're not just going to be cast adrift. I think, at the bottom now. And um, the the teams above us, you know, we've got Burton, Cambridge, Wigan and Wiccan now, and they're all within five points of us. And we're playing one of them in the next couple of league games. So, you know, there's every chance that we're actually able to haul some more teams into the the relegation battle and i think along you know along with Cheltenham, who have also kind of improved a lot since we played them earlier in the season there's every chance that you know more teams are going to be involved in our relegation battle and and ultimately i think when you look back at the championship years when we didn't go down that's kind of what saved us a lot of the time is that there was more teams involved and you know one from five is always going to be easier to stay up than one from two one thing that was really weird from yesterday
1: was the coaching it appears from both teams. Definitely maybe from Exeter. You know, these are all allegations. Not you know, don't 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 mean to court or anything. But Reading seemed to have one with the Ball Boy as well. I mean, I don't know. That's not confirmed. So what was going on there yesterday, Matt?
2: Well, I, I didn't I didn't notice either of this until after the game, Alex. I know you posted one. This was actually, it was quite amusing because Exeter, they actually lined up a coach on the bench uh david perkins i think his name is um he's their under 23 manager i think and he was on the sideline with an earpiece you know i guess it's a quirk because i guess you're allowed to do that you know you've named someone on your bench i guess you register him as a player and you put him on your bench and you've just got one less player on your bench i have just never ever ever seen that before Um, and i'd never seen a reading (laughs) coach on the east side alex
0: yeah, so the reading coach it was there. I think it was pretty much after Mbengwe came on so for the last 15 minutes and I don't know if it was just like a reaction to the Exeter coach doing the same thing on the the west hand or west side of the um west side of the pitch. But yeah, the the reading coach ended up behind the the advertising barrier but ended up like talking to Mbengwe every time we had a throw in on that side. He, he was speaking to Mbengwe and basically you know trying to help him and guide him through the game as it were. So I have no idea how either team have managed to do it or get away with it. Um As you say, I've never seen it before uh, that that's happened. So it feels like a massive loophole, but extra allowed to name a coach and then he's able to give out instructions, if I'm honest, but then Reading having a coach kind of not in, in the, the stands, stands but <laughs> in the area between the stands and the pitch, that also seems like a bit of a legal, well, not legal, you know what I mean, a loophole within the, The rules of the game um i don't really feel like either of them are allowed technically but uh it seems like they both managed to get away with it the entirety of the you know last 15 minutes so
2: it's just funny how it came to a head with with both of them like but, but both both teams doing it at the same time I, it's just really odd really odd I mean it's it's quite amusing looking at some of the extra fans reactions to seeing perkins named on the bench um I'm not really sure what we'd do if we saw um you know um what, what, what's his name oliver oliver pierce named on the bench or something it'd be uh I think there might be a mini meltdown but
1: I quite like to see it if it goes to a draw yesterday. We say, yeah, both your coaches have an arm wrestle. And let's see, whoever wins that picks up the three points. Let's just mix it up. You know, it would have been something different, wouldn't it? But let's get back to that question from Sue.
0: Player of the season so far, Alex. Um, So my player of the I I find it really difficult to answer because I think Lewis Wing is definitely the best player we've got now. Um, And by far the most influential in terms of actually winning us games uh, because he's got, what, eight assists, I think it is now uh, in total, six in the league, something like that, or five in the league. And I think he's by far our best and most influential player. Um, So I would probably pick Lewis Wing followed by – it's really difficult because I think Sam Smith and Femi Aziz have also been excellent since they've, you know, changed their – well, famously, since he changed his form in Sam Smith, he's coming to the team. But for me, the kind of the most influential change of the season was bringing Michael Craig into the team uh, because it completely transforms the the formation and the way that we play. So would it give him player of the season? Probably not. But I think it's the most, you know, the most important moment was, was changing the formation to fit Michael Craig into play in front of the centre-backs because it just suddenly gave us so much more control in midfield but I will pick Lewis wing as player of the season for now. And hopefully Femi Z scores another 10 goals and ends up winning player of the season and Lewis wing assists them all. Uh, who are you going to say, Matt, for uh, player of the season so far?
2: Might shock you, David Button. No, yeah, come on.
1: No, I'm on. no, like, not. Don't online. give people heart attacks <laughs> in their cars whilst they're driving. Let's get to the real facts.
2: <laughs> um, I, I, I kind of completely echo alex i think you know I, I think lewis wing when he when he's firing the way he spreads the play the way he controls it you know you, you're you not going to find many better in this division i really don't think think so i know i might have reading rose tinted glasses on but um but i really do think he's one of the one of the front runners in the division um if if Femi continues his kind of form and what he's doing at the moment i think he could end up being player of the season by the end of the season um, but I think Wings just had a bit bit of a longer kind of, you know, good stint really to to have that, you know, best player so far kind of status, in my opinion. Um, but as Alex said, the the switch in formation to 4-1, 4-1 has been crucial in this. You know, I guess it's maybe a bit unfair on some of the players earlier in the season. You know, the um I, I know he splits opinion, but you know, Savage, he's never really had a go in this formation from the start. Same with Ben Elliott. Um but I don't think you know that that they're going to be you know better players than than, than the likes of Lewis Wing. I think you know his transformation of late and the way he's controlling the play. I think he's hands down best player on the team.
0: One thing which I want to just add in for Lewis Wing is I didn't realize quite what a good season he's having when you compare it to other seasons he's had. Um, he's never had more than five assists in a season in a league season before, which I found kind of incredible. When you when you mm. watch him play. I'm surprised he's never had a season where he's had 15 assists, let alone only five. Um, So, I mean, he only needs one more assist now Paul, to have his kind of best assisting season ever.
1: Yeah. I I think he has been a quality uh, signing for us. There's there's no doubt. I mean, I think we all thought that he could be when he came in. So I think for me, the player of the season, I I agree. It is probably Lewis win, but just to mix it up, because if we all say the same one, it's a little bit dull. I'm going to go for someone, uh, Nelson Abbey. Just say Nelson Abbey because he's been there through the good and the bad and it was really, really bad. And he's also had to captain the team as well. So more for what he's been through as well. I think a full respect for him for what he's done during that period because it was incredibly tough and what happened at the in Orient match, what he's had to go through is not what a normal player of his age age has to suffer. Mm-hmm. And he's coming through it stronger. He still will make mistakes, and he, you know, he's not the ideal player. But I I respect what he's done, and I think, I think we're all agreed that Femi Aziz is the potential to be the most influential for the rest of the season. Is that fair?
2: Yeah, I I think so. One, one player we haven't mentioned though, um, given he's top scorer right now, is Harvey Nibs, six goals, and I think four assists as well. You know, he's been. Very good, maybe gone under the radar, um, mm. but but yeah, you know, I think I, it's it's nice to have a a few contenders for, for yeah the, for, yeah, and a positive manner
1: thing. as well. I mean, because mm. you look at it, and actually they've had some. I mean, it's just even like you look at yesterday, and the people say, oh, you know, it was a really poor game. In, in many ways, it was, but if you look at two of the goals, they're actually quite good. You know, the <laughs> first one and the last one, it's worked nicely. So let's end <laughs> on a positive. So.
0: You have something to say there, Alex, or is it? I was just going to or... echo your thoughts about the fact that it's nice that we've got so many players who you could at least consider for player of the season. But mm-hmm. Wingsmith, mm-hmm. Aziz, I mean, you mentioned Abby. I mm-hmm. think Abby's probably going to fall short. But yeah. The, yeah there's so many players who are having nibs. Re, yeah, nibs. Uh, you know, Craig's having a good season. There's a lot of players who are actually having quite good seasons, really, mm-hmm. um in terms of maybe against their expectations. So it's, it's nice to have that rather than. Um, you know a season where it's like okay we're in january or december and it's like one player's basically run away with player of the season already yeah and they're mostly attacking players which is quite nice (laughs) it's for a while it's it's not a goalkeeper or
2: defender
1: for once (laughs) you know thanks a lot for listening if you have enjoyed it nice to have a positive start to 2024 and i've managed to go through the whole of the podcast saying the right year so i'm really happy with that one that has been an absolute bonus so if you have enjoyed it give us a five-star review on apple on spotify give us a like on socials thanks for listening cheers